0: So you've listened to part one of how to communicate and you need to listen to part two. That's what we're talking about in this episode.
1: The problem in safety
0: what's up guys welcome back to rebranding safety rebranding safety is the podcast and youtube channel doing exactly what it says on the tin we're here to change the perception of health and safety and to challenge those health and safety gone mad practices so if you're new here hit that subscribe button and all those other crazy buttons to do wicked crazy things on algorithms in this episode this is part two of our conversation with sarah brummett we're talking all about how to communicate lessons from coronavirus we are Talking about how the government did, how we could improve on that, how businesses should have communicated through this in our opinion, you know, our experiences with that personally and professionally as well. Um, And and loads and loads of other stuff. If you haven't listened to part one of this conversation, go check that out first. Otherwise, you're going to be joining like midway through a conversation and be like, what are they on about? It'd be like watching Game of Thrones, like starting at season five. Just ain't going to happen, is it? So go check that out first. Before we jump into the episode, don't forget to check out our sponsors, SafePoint for all your loan working needs and DRM for all your mental well-being needs. And go check out www.reboundandsafety for some of your merch. Otherwise, let's jump into part two of this conversation about communication with Sarah Brummett. So to kind of bring it back into into business, because we have have Mm. teetered between business and coronavirus, and I think they all kind of come... There's so much we can learn from th- this time of in, in coronavirus. Like, it, it's challenged us in so many ways, and I think communication yes. for me has been one of the biggest things we've seen from this. It, it's in yes. my personal life and in my professional life, and then in you know from from a media and governmental point of view, it's been interesting. And, and, and I want to come back to that point of, of different audiences, but focusing on, on business. I think we might have touched on it, but I think it's very important So most of the audience that listen to this podcast are, are safety professionals, most of them. Yeah. And most of them are, are young, fresh safety professionals. Most of them are listening to the, the younger end of the bracket. Um, Okay. And one of the biggest challenges I find is is exactly what I said earlier, that's on every job description. You must be able to communicate with the board and communicate with the shop floor. And yes. It was really interesting when you said there about even using different examples that fit your audience is interesting. And it made All me right. think about it made me think about when, when I've delivered training to like senior managers and board level managers and when I've delivered pretty much exactly the same training, but using completely different examples to the shop floor. So if I'm talking about risk assessment, for example, to the shop floor, I'm probably going to use a everyday life example. Does anybody have, have kids? Does anybody take their kids to school? Yes, I do that. Right. Do you cross the road at a zebra crossing? Well, not really. Uh, we just cross where the uh, Right, okay. That's a risk assessment. You've just decided. You, you, you've assessed the risk. You've decided. I don't need that control measure. So I'm going to go there. If I'm going to talk to the board, they're in much more of a corporate mindset. They're there thinking about right. finance, et cetera. So I'll be thinking, right. When you're thinking about building this new business site, what are you thinking about? When well, I'm thinking about how, how much it's going to cost me, how much money I'm going to get back, how much, how right. long is it going to take? That's a risk assessment. Yeah completely same conversation, but different examples.
1: Different examples.
0: And, and that's just how yeah. I was taught as a trainer. But I, I think I'd be interested from your point of view as to, you know, what are some key things that we can learn and, and improve on for, for that specifically and identifying different levels and, and changing how we communicate for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's some key things that, that we can do, and I'm going to build off the back of your example. The first thing we need to do is our homework. Mm. Which sounds like a bit of a shoulder sag, but actually, <laughs> if we're going to build some flexibility in our communication to be able to talk to different audiences within our organization, the first thing that I would say we need to do is go find out what they care about. Mm. You know, go find out what is some of the language, what are they talking about every day, what are they measured on delivering, what are they in every meeting and every team conversation and every you know, talk that they have, what is it that's top of mind and relevant to that audience? That means doing a bit of grunt work, do that. some homework. Number one, if you don't do that homework, and you know this is where we talk about building networks and relationships, ask people. Because if you don't do that homework, you will struggle. And you'll struggle because you'll get to a certain level and then people will start to think probably not the person to move on up so talk to and build your contacts you know the the younger generation and I hate to use that phrase but but people who are digital natives you guys are brilliant networkers you're brilliant at having an expansive range of people that you know use it to ask questions back to what we were talking about earlier you know ask questions Don't think you should know, just ask them and get curious about that. I think the second thing that I would say that's really important is then prepare or rehearse, as you were doing there, James, some specific relevant examples so that it's relevant for that audience because the minute you give me examples that aren't, you've lost me. Mm. The third thing that I would always say is, I, I talk a lot about storytelling you know one of the things that i think is essential to be a really great communicator is to be a really good storyteller and people don't understand what that means they think i need to tell you about the time i went down to you know the pub when they were open and we had a laugh i don't mean that i don't mean an anecdote what i mean is a structured message that's designed to influence and inspire others that's a story full stop That is a story. And so what do I need to do? I need to plot it out in three parts. I need to be clear on my ask, you know, for your information. We don't need more information. We've got loads of information. What do you want me to do as a result of that information? What decision do you want from me as a result of that information? What action do you want me to take as a result of that information? We need to flex dependent on our audience. What our ask is and often the hole that people fall into is i'll leave you to work that out and guess what they don't so i think being flexible around being clear on what am i asking for from different audiences because taking your example if i'm talking to a group of the board i might be asking for money so they've got to decide whether or not they're going to give me that money if i'm talking to ladies and gentlemen on the shop floor i actually might be asking for them to take an action You know, I need them to do something as a consequence of this message. So we need to flex it. The other thing that I would say, shorten it. Most people talk too much. The length of what they say is too long. So I'm kind of, shorten it. And that is what will make your message more compelling. Know when to stop talking and i'm going to model that
0: behavior now <laughs> i was gonna say there's one thing you are quite good at is you you, you will say your point and you stop which is interesting because that, that's something i struggle with I, I do a podcast for a reason that i like i like the sound of my own voice so uh, and that's why i'm a good I trainer guess. as well <laughs> but i think well, and
1: it's a real struggle Jane. sorry Jane, i cut across
0: to you you go no i'm interested actually go on what's a real struggle i'm, I'm intrigued i
1: think What's a real struggle is people don't know when to stop talking yeah. and I think that struggle is enhanced in the remote environment so we're doing this remotely we can see each other we've got our cameras on that's that's great um, and I'm very mindful because I get very passionate and enthusiastic and then I come across you you know and I think I need to stop that <laughs> but my point is the reason why the challenge around knowing when to stop talking is heightened here is because often we're doing a lot of our communication with cameras turned off mm. often we ask people to join in and can you just all go on mute so you're talking to an invisible audience as i call it and you're talking to a silent audience so i've got no cues coming back for me that i would normally have if i could see if i could hear you if we were in the same space to let me know I need to wrap this up so even if I'm not good at structuring my message to be crisp concise and compelling I'm not getting any of the cues back that tell me they got the point Sarah you now need to wind it up so so I think that makes this challenge of knowing when to stop talking a real and present one for all of us who are working in this remote environment at the minute
0: mm, no I, I think that is spot on and I, I, Oh, I've just kicked my uh, my breakfast bowl over. There you go. All good. Authenticity, oh, all good. right there. There um, you go. <laughs> I um, you um, know, I delivered a couple of, of you know thousands of training sessions over my career, a couple of keynotes, and and now a couple of like digital keynotes. And the okay. digital keynote was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. Like I I bounce off of communication. I bounce off of back and forth, and and right. And I I don't know, it's just how I work in a room as I'm constantly looking at how people, their eyes, how their bodies are telling me they've had enough of this story, I'm going to move on. And I I make a lot of jokes and and little little, normally about myself. And and, and I I just delivered that digital keynote in the same way I would deliver a normal training session on a normal keynote. And I didn't, to your point, probably do my homework to think, actually, it's different. And it's interesting because I make videos and I make podcasts like on a, as a, as a week on a weekly basis. And you'd think that I would be pretty flawless at doing something like that, but I just didn't like it. I felt like I was just talking to myself, and there was no. And then when you get to the end, and there's like not a lot of questions, and you just I just walked away feeling quite deflated, if I'm honest. It was really oh. strange, really strange.
1: Well, I think what you're also alluding to there, James, is is potentially what we as individuals will be energised by or resourced by. Mm. So there'll be some of us listening to this and looking at this thinking, do you know what, that sounds like my idea of heaven. Mm. You know, I can just get into my own zone, I can be in my own space, and I can do what I need to do. Because they are resourced and they get their energy and their vitality, it, internally Mm. whereas for extroverts we're thinking I need I need to hear the roar of the crowd and the smell of the you know grease paint and there's absolutely nothing so how do I then feel even more connected and enthused and energized by it and I think at least having an awareness of what is my preference and play to your strengths Mm is a really powerful and again authentic way to think about how best to
0: communicate with others yeah that's a fair point and and i think your homework point you said a a minute ago that that's Mm. huge i think for it is and that that's that's been a big learning journey for me i remember when i did my um recently finished my diploma for for health safety management whatever you call it oh brilliant and um and and that was interesting because one of the um assignments we had in there was essentially you take this well-being management system and they want you to pitch it to the senior managers and what was fascinating was in this assignment they gave you a little profile of each manager that you're pitching to they said like this manager is pretty much on board with what you're saying um so you probably don't have to focus on them too much but here are their priorities this manager thinks that everything that you pitch is a pain in the ass going to make it slow for his his production and you got a real good understanding of 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 how to how to kind of pitch because you understood these people and i was really chuffed like i got a distinction on that one i was really really happy with that one but then it made me reflect i was like when have you ever done that in your actual job james and I've tried to implement change and failed a couple of times. And I've tried to implement change. And, and I, would see, I would have seen it as a success at a couple of times. And I look back on those failures and the successes. And both times, I didn't really think about my audience I didn't really think about who I was pitching to and it's interesting as well that we talk about like when Todd Conklin again to just uh, I'm not I'm not his kind of disciple but he says that as well you've got the the mistakes exist in failure and success so it's just that I was lucky at the time where I was successful implementing these changes, and unlucky um, for when I was when I failed at it but the fundamental consistent root cause here is that I didn't prepare I didn't do my homework And I was just lucky that the people in the success side agreed with it, because if they didn't, it would have been another failure.
1: Well, you're, you're making such an important point there. And I think that there's another thread to what you're saying around the preparation piece that's worth pulling out from a communication perspective. And that's this, that we need to think about strategy. So what I mean by that is when you gave that example and you've got a sense of kind of who's on side, who's not, who's going to agree probably and who's not, part of leading change is this iterative nature. In other words, I might need to go and get Bob and John and James on side first, because now that's four of us Mm. and then I'm going to get Jane and Alice and Lorna and Anne on side because they're currently not. So there's this sense of building consensus, building a movement around getting more and more people aligned to your perspective. And I think that's an important part of the the preparation piece, but also the strategy piece, because when it comes to leading change and, and affecting change, If we think about that from a communication standpoint, we might have to do it in stages. You know, we might need to get three people to hear, then we're gonna get six people, then we're gonna get 10 people, then we're gonna get everybody. And if we don't think about it like that, and if we just think, well, I'm gonna go into a room, or I'm gonna get onto a call, and there will be 10 people, and they're all just gonna go, okay, yes. Then we're not doing the right kind of thoughtful preparation, and also we haven't got a clear strategy to move people through to a decision that's aligned with ours. Uh, We are going to fail if we don't think these things through and and act accordingly.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I like that. And there's a couple of things there is is when when people say, you know, how do we implement change? I always say it's like a virus. I used to call it a zombie virus, but now I'm able to use coronavirus really. But I prefer, <laughs> I prefer go with the zombie one, if I'm honest. You know, honestly, zomb- the zombies only take over the world one by one. Yeah. Right. It's one bite by one bite. It's not like all of a sudden we all wake up tomorrow as a zombie. But yet, when we try and implement change right. in the business, it's like, right, we're, 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 we're going to do this tomorrow and we expect everybody to change. And it's like no no no. it's it's about building consensus like you just said Correct. and it's interesting there's a great video and I, I, I remember last time we spoke i said i was going to send you another video which i want to talk about in a minute but if you if you, i will i will remember to do that um but great. this this video is um is, is what i can only describe as a complete like just geezer just smash i reckon he's to the trio he's had way too many beers by the way he's dancing oh, really? and you're just like dude like you can imagine i've been there i've been at a festival and it's late i remember this lady yeah. just dancing her head off and nobody would join her um but in this video anyway this guy's narrating it and he's talking about leadership um and essentially he's saying this guy is a leader he's standing in the middle of an empty field with everyone just sitting around him he's picked the only empty space there is and just got up and danced and he's terrible oh, at yeah. it but he's just yeah. dancing because he's enjoying it he's being himself he's being authentic he's just there to have a good time and and he, when you look at it you feel kind of freed by it you're looking at him you're like fair play mate and then anyway this one other person comes over and the narrator said yeah this is the key person this is the correct um the, the-
1: second follower this is Derek Siever's how to start a movement I know exactly oh, the video okay,
0: okay. yeah and it's yeah it's great, within three it? minutes
1: yeah, There's oh, it's brilliant.
0: Hundreds of people. I don't remember watching. It. I'm just correct. like, this is amazing. And I, I personally just... love it when people take non-business related examples and make a business related conversation about it. I love that. You bet. And, uh, yeah. and, I, and I remember just, I was just like, wow. And I just think if some people can just look at that, especially in safety, it's about finding those early adopters, finding those key followers correct. that are with you first. correct, And then... You, you use them and work with them and, and nurture them and, and then they'll get someone else that follows them and so on and so forth. And, and correct, nurture.
1: correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that video. It's Derek Sievers It's how to start a movement and it's all in under three minutes mm. that it goes from people sat there and no one's dancing to a guy that's, you know, the, the shirtless guy with his shorts on. He gets up and starts dancing. I know the video really well. It's a brilliant video, James. You're absolutely right. And, and I think that there's something in that as well that as you were describing it prompted me or reminded me to say as we've started to talk about change and you know you talk about the zombie virus versus the coronavirus I think that all of us in terms of communication are trying to change things mm. and when it comes to to change What we have to remember, in the context of us communicating with others, is that our default reaction to change is consistent, and it is this, and it's human. What will I lose? So whether you're trying to change times of lunch, whether you're trying to change the layout of your canteen, whether you're trying to change the one-way system in your facility, or in your store, or whatever, the default or your boss or your days of working or that anything you like large or small a default human reaction is what what am I going to lose am I going to lose time money security peace friendship it, it's it's visceral and it's personal so when we are trying to influence and persuade people, whether it's in the context of making you know, health and safety change or whether it's in the context of making a purchasing decision, we have to realize that we're communicating for the purposes of causing people to change. And if we don't realize that we are wired to go, okay, like, like the dancing shirtless guy, the people that were sat down, they didn't to start with Get Up. And go straight over. It took that first follower. The reason why they didn't was because they thought they'd lose. Insert what you like their dignity. Mm. They thought they would be, you know, Social vulnerable, status, and people yeah. would all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really really important, and it is a great video. So check it out if you haven't. It's a good three minutes of your life well spent.
0: Yeah. Thanks for telling me what it is. I'll link in the, in the uh, in the description for everyone to get as well because it is an outstanding video. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt your awesome podcast. I'm sure you were getting well into it. But I want to talk to you about loan working. It's a challenge for all of us because nine times out of ten nothing goes wrong. But what I think we we lack in, in loan working is having a little bit of a capacity to fail safe. If something goes wrong, you know, who knows that that worker is in trouble? Does anyone know? How do they know where you are, and is there any help coming? How do we communicate? Sometimes we can say, well, we'll just text them. And you know what? Texting them is probably a good idea. Having that kind of check-in for some things like just popping into a, an office that we don't really use at the moment because we're all locked down or, or whatever. is probably a good solution. But if something did go wrong, a text is a really hard thing to do. And that's why I partnered up with this company called SafePoint to get you guys some discount because I just love what they're doing. They're innovative, it's easy to use. They've got some extra kind of hardware pieces that you can buy and complement it. And they've got some really cool stuff in there like this three word thing, where basically the app creates these three words and those three words, when you communicate them to the emergency services, tells them exactly where you are, like pinpoint. So it's not like you're having to go, oh, I don't know, I was out on my bike and I took a left off of, um, oh, I don't know the road. You know, that don't. that's not going to help anyone, is it? And that's why this three-word thing is so cool. So it would be like sheep, lamb, cow. And you'll be like, I've got the three-word thing. And they'll be like, okay, cool. What are the three words? Sheep, lamb, cow. Boom, we know where you are. We'll be there in 10 minutes. It's like, that is cool, man. And that's why we partnered up with them. So go check them out at Safe Point app dot com forward slash rebranding safety use the code rebranding safety if you sign up for the monthly plan you get 10% off your first month but if you sign up to the annual plan you can get 10% off the entire year of the entire first year man just from typing rebranding safety and obviously we get a little bit of a kickback so you can support your favorite podcast at the same time as nailing the risk of loan working i'll let you get back into the podcast But one last thing I'd like, because I'm conscious that I've kept you for about an hour now, so... It's all good. One other thing I'd like to just, just kind of touch on would be the video that I said I was going to send you and I never did. Uh You know, great job James. But it's essentially this, uh, I think it's like an Asian school and um it's quite clearly this exercise about communication and they 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 basically line everybody up and One person, they're all facing one way, except where the line starts. And they tap this person on the back. One person turns around and they communicate a a visual message. So like hand signals. So basically he, he mimics like the slit of the throat and then does something else. I can't remember. With his hand, doesn't say a thing. And then she turns around, does exactly the same. They turn around, do exactly the same. And it goes on along this really long line. And by the end of the line, the message is completely changed. The gesture is completely unrecognizable to what it originally was. And the exercise is to basically get the first person to show the last person what the signal was. And they're all like, whoa. But we as people that get to watch this video, we see the subtle and gradual changes. And this is the beauty of this video. We see it so subtly change. You can see people's personal awkwardness and they're 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 like they feel awkward making that signal so so they did it and i was just like this is fascinating to watch Mm. and the only thing i could think of was how we disseminate information and messages throughout our business from the board you know through our chain of hierarchy or whatever we want to call it to the to the shop floor and then we wonder why these kind of Chinese whispers takes effect and it loses its message as we disseminate the information down. It's what I was going to say, what do you think is the kind of things that we can deal with that or, or or anything like that?
1: Absolutely. Uh, It's a brilliant example of a video in the context of explaining the challenge with communication. Mm. And in a way it takes us all the way back to where we started, which is, you know, we just don't get, get taught around this. So, so, Coming back to your question, which is kind of, what can we do about it? I think there are a number of really important things that we need to consider. So the first is this, that any message, if you think about communication, it's always a two-way street, i.e. I'm going to convey a message, but the way that you receive that message could be completely different. Why? Because we are overlaying our own individual context. We're overlaying our own biases. We talked about those earlier. We're overlaying our own vulnerabilities, our own preferences, our own beliefs, our own values, our own perspectives. So suddenly, it's not just a passing of something staying in its pure form and being received by someone else in its pure form. It's already changed. And then there is a responsibility for that person to then pass it on. So I would love to see that video, James, because I think it gorgeously demonstrates why. I'm going to
0: write it down this time to make sure you get it. Good man.
1: <laughs> why communication is not only so important, but there's so much richness and complexity, and therefore need to focus on developing our skills around being a great communicator. Mm. And by the way, it's not just well I've nailed that. Like I've nailed my, you know, six handicap in golf. It's something we've got to keep building. It's a muscle strength. We've got to keep fit. You've got to keep playing golf. Otherwise, what happens is, your golf starts to get a bit worse. Mm. So my point in relation to communication is, we need to keep honing and developing our skills. So how do we do that? I think number one, linking it back to your scenario with the the video, we need to stay and maintain a healthy curiosity and self-awareness we need to read the room. Mm. So did my message get communicated in the way, did it get received in the way that I meant to communicate it? So in that example, and I haven't seen the video, so I'm talking blind, Mm. but as I'm noticing that person received the message, am I checking? Am I checking that what I communicated was what they heard? As opposed to, well, I did a one-way download, off you go and repeat it to people. I need to check. That means I need to ask questions and I need to listen. I also need to give people the opportunity to clarify and check in with what they heard me say. If I don't do those things and I just think, right job done. I've communicated what I need to. Okay. Everyone off you go. Then my communication isn't going to work well and it's not going to get very far. So I think making sure we keep this interactive, I mean, what's been fabulous about this, amongst many things, is this is a conversation. Mm. In a remote environment, we have to beware of what I call the cascade. You know, right team, are you all listening? Here I go. And then, okay, well, I think they got it. Mm. It needs to be a two way street. Otherwise, people won't get it and the message doesn't get through and it doesn't get commu- communicated onto the business.
0: Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of the last bit you said that reminds me of the example Simon Sinek gives where he said, you know, uh, most leaders go into an office and say, right team, this, here's a problem. This is what I think is a solution. But what do you think? I'm a good leader because I ask you what you think. You've you've just told everybody what your solution is. Now everybody now got this bias. They're going, oh, my solution is not the same as his. So I'm just not going to, I'm just going to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Simon. And, and I think that's right. fascinating how you've just shut everybody down the second. And I see it all the time. I see it all the time. People going, and, and it's it's just it's, it's there in leaders now. You know, and you think yes. I, I feel like we're we're getting better at this stuff. We're talking about leadership a lot. We're talking about communication a little bit more than what we what what we were when we got a lot more to go. I think, but it's like even now I'm sitting there and I'm I'm seeing leaders come in a room and it's like a bull in a china shop, and I'm just like, Geez. absolutely dude, what are you doing? Like, and we're yeah. missing out on the, There's a fascinating book. I don't know if you've read it and I talk about it all the time. Like, honestly, the podcast listeners will be like, here he goes again about Matthew Sayers, Rebel Ideas. But it's genuinely a fascinating book about cognitive diversity. And um, yeah. it's just, I just think, you know, when you're communicating like that, you are coming in and you're shutting down a room. You're, you're not just shutting down a room, you're losing potential you right? yes you're, you're losing cognitive diversity in that room and it's just this beautiful machine that that you've got you've employed you've picked you know you've been interviewed etc 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 you've p- probably paid to get them in and now you're still paying them and you're just creating a clone and you're doing that 90 yes. 90 of the time through the way you communicate i think
1: you're absolutely right and i think for linking that point to our our Uh, The audience for this podcast, what I would say is this you, if you hone your communication skills, you can be influential and persuasive, irrespective of whether or not there's people who are more senior in the room, people who've got a, a higher level position, for want of a better phrase. You can make a difference in your ability to be persuasive and influential if you hone your communication skills and you build your confidence around it. Because otherwise what happens is what you're describing, James, it's groupthink yeah. and it comes up yeah. lightning fast. I think it only takes five people and before we know it, bang, we all agree with each other. And if we don't agree with each other, you're being difficult today. So if I'm going to be able to be persuasive without damaging the relationship, I, I'm, you know I don't agree with that and let me explain why you're going to need really powerful communication skills so that I, I respect what you say and actually I'm influenced by it and I don't think you're being difficult
0: mm. and that's just probably a great place to finish but have you got any kind of uh, any kind of tips or tricks of how we could do that or any kind of books to read courses to go on etc that you think would be handy and i know you've got some stuff for yourself and you can plug your own work as well in a second
1: god bless your heart for saying that james you're a kind man i mean there are lots of lots and lots and lots of phenomenal resources out there that can support you in terms of developing your communication skills what i would say to you in terms of things to take a look at it's always great to have a look at ted because there are some great. Particularly, we've talked about Derek Sievers, that's a great presentation. I would encourage you to take a look at Nancy Duarte. She has written a couple of books. One is called Resonate, one is called Slideology. So for those of you that have to communicate using PowerPoint, she's done some fabulous work there. But she's also done a great TED talk. I'd also direct you towards Simon Sinek, who, he, he did a TED Talk back in 2009, I think it was, which was it blew start the world with away. Yeah. It blew the world away. Mm. It was a TEDx talk, in fact. And, and there's just, it, he is a phenomenal storyteller and influencer. Yeah. And it's a great 18 minutes of your life. Get a cup of coffee and sit and watch it. It's brilliant. And even though it's now 11 years old, I think it's more relevant now mm-hmm. than it has ever been. Yes, I've written some books. Check me out on Amazon. I've written a book on personal branding. I've written a book on executive presence. You don't have to be an executive to have presence. And my my third book is coming out in July 2020, which is on remote presence. So if you need to communicate online, if you need to sell or influence, this is a book for you. So do check me out. Do follow me out online. I'm always issuing tips, advice and suggestions. So feel free to take a look.
0: Awesome, and if, if people wanted to um, to kind of get hold of you, to work with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: So you can contact me via LinkedIn, you can contact me via my website, which is sarabrummett.com You can contact me via Twitter, which is at sarahbrummett. You can contact me via Insta, which is at The Remote Communicator, or at sjb2509, um, or just put Sarah Brumett into your favorite search engine, and you will undoubtedly find me.
0: On all the socials, nice.
1: On all the socials. I think there's still more I need to get on, James. Yeah, like, I've probably. not done a TikTok video yet. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I'm out of the loop on that one. But I'm too busy enjoying the ones that have been made during lockdown. So,
0: yeah. I think I'll
1: stick to the knitting.
0: <laughs> I, I did a... I, I I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn's my favorite just because we get so much more engagement on LinkedIn. But I dabbled in TikTok, funny enough. And um, did you? Yeah. And I, mostly I, I watched it because I just when when you first go on a TikTok, it's hilarious. Like there's just so much good stuff on there. Then it gets a <laughs> bit then it gets a bit samey. It gets a bit like, oh, it's just well, another it? another person doing the same thing uh, and again and again, again. Okay. And you're just like, oh okay. But anyway. And uh, I did one, a little sketch on just taking a mick out of health and safety, funny enough. It was like, supposed to be quite ironic, it was basically, I don't know if you've watched uh, Coming to America? No, I haven't. No, I think it's Eddie Murphy, and he basically comes from, uh, I think it's Africa, over to America, but he's like a prince. Um,
1: oh okay yeah I that's like, that was a film what, from the 90s or something yeah, wasn't it yeah it's
0: really old okay 90s. well not really old 90s okay. not that old but yeah, anyway he, 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 he comes out i think onto a balcony or something and he goes good yeah. morning my neighbors and then somebody away like it's in new york so somebody just goes fuck you and he just goes hey, <laughs> yes fuck you too so i <laughs> brilliant i donned a hard hat High vis jacket, my safety shoes, walked out into my garden, and and you just you just Brilliant. mimic it. You, you don't say it, you just mimic it, and uh, I mimic that, and I just put writing on when health and safety turns up on site, and um, and I got Brilliant. it's probably the most that considering i make a podcast youtube video every day i still yeah. think that is the yeah. most popular video <laughs> we have made brilliant um but brilliant. still got got some comments from my a previous employer that was like mm, i'm not really sure this is uh in line with our brand and it, it reflects negatively <laughs> on the company and i was like it's oh a freaking joke like and if you think it reflects yeah, negatively yeah, yeah. on your company you probably need to have a look at your own brand and how you manage health and safety but I'm not going to say anything. I'm allowed to say that now. Oh, that's it.
1: sensational, James. I've got to check it out now. That's Do it. Brilliant. I think I'm but I love it later. because, well, and also because it's humor and humor, that's such a human moment of connection. That's why these kinds of videos are so powerful mm. because there's a beauty, a truth, an essence. And laughing and laughing at ourselves, that's a phenomenal way to connect to people.
0: Yeah, I listened to a fascinating podcast this morning, Um, but they were talking about uh, a phenomenon that I just, I'm going to get it because I can't remember what it's called and I would just ruin it. But it was called pluralistic Ignorance. I don't know if you've heard of that, but basically, essentially, it was kind of like what the best thing is, to be honest the whole podcast was like loads of psychologists and sociologists actually trying to explain it and they all said it's really hard to explain but you know the the kind of is it jack's town uh the the cult where they all uh, mass suicide i don't know if you've heard of that story but no, it's it, that's how yeah. it, it's a really horrific podcast I, I, i'll link it in the description now because i'm talking about it but basically the Brilliant. easiest way to describe it that i got was when you're uh, in school or you're teaching something as a tutor and you go did everybody understand and you as the student look around the room and you think in your head i don't understand but because nobody's raising their hand that must mean i'm the only one that understands but actually probably a high percentage of the class don't understand but they all think that everyone understands so nobody says anything that was, yeah. that essentially a pu- pure realistic ignorance, ignorance. Oh God. God, it's horrible to, it's, it's really hard to say, but it was fascinating. It's a really harrowing podcast because they, they use recordings from that call and it's, it's a really horrible story, but it's, um, it's quite harrowing at times, but it's just fascinating. And I just think yeah. if, we, if we all had a good understanding of that, or at least a base understanding of that, that sometimes people don't say what they think, because they yes. think that everybody disagrees with them and to get to my yes. point they said one of the best ways that we deal with that is comedy is when when we're doing stand-up comedy when we're, when we're doing sketches we're taking the mick out of something that we so obviously disagree with but we don't feel yes. comfortable to say and i was like yeah that that's that's such a great way to put it
1: it's a brilliant way to put it and i think that um if you haven't seen Sarah Cooper on social media, you should check her out because what she does is to to your point about humour, James, she takes um slices of speech from President Trump, and she's all over TikTok. And there's a beauty, there's an essence, there's a truth in what she says, and she uses humour to, to cut through a lot of nonsense. And it's hysterical. I'll check her out. It's hysterical and you can. It is that humour piece to be able to say something that, that's just a truth. That's mm. a really unequivocal truth yeah. that we can all engage with. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we've been talking for a very long time. Hey, Nor- normally when you pitch your business at the end, so then people remember how to get hold of you, but- we'll, we'll Oh, link-
1: damn and blast.
0: <laughs> we'll link everything in the description. It's all good. It's all good.
1: James, it's all good.
0: And and you and you do your keynotes and stuff. I know you've been doing a lot of keynotes lately, haven't you? So you do a lot of stuff like that. Which, I do, which I was really impressed with yeah. your keynote. So if people want to um, kind of hit you up for that. So they, could they just go to your LinkedIn website as well?
1: Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of, of webinars. I've been doing a lot of keynotes remotely for all kinds of different organizations. So please feel free to to make contact. I'd love to hear
0: from you. Grand. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Sarah.
1: James, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I'm truly honoured that you did. So thank you ever so much for this.
0: Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that conversation. Hope you have learned something to take away. How do you think we communicated through that that conversation? And when we edited this podcast, we were like, you know what? This woman can communicate. Can James? That's to be decided. (laughs) Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to Sarah. Like I said, I listened to her keynote a while ago, and I was like, I need to talk to this lady, and got her on, had a pre-chat, just to introduce ourselves, and then boom, straight into the podcast, and it was just great. You know, we didn't really have much prep. We knew we were going to talk about communication. You know what I'm like, I can talk for England. And, you know, she really, really knows that subject. So, all of the details for you to contact Sarah are in the description below if you want to talk to her on LinkedIn or you want to work with her. Um, she can come and coach your executive if you are an executive, teach you how to communicate. She can do loads and loads of stuff. I'll link all the details in the description below. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with people. I'll catch you next week in the next podcast. Safe.